He missed at the end of regulation. This from 23. Good step. Good hold. Redemption for Robbie. And the San Francisco 49ers win their ninth in a row. 37-34 in overtime over the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Evan Giddings and Dan Avone, Happy New Year to one and all in for Stani and Guru. As the San Francisco 49ers, as you just heard the call on Fox yesterday, the field goal was good. Robbie Gold with an opportunity to atone, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, listen, it was one of those games with the special teams because in order for you to be a complete and a Super Bowl contender, he's like, you can't fake it in any area. And we don't talk about special teams because it's not as sexy, but their special teams has been much, much improved from that of a year ago. And yesterday... All phases let them down, including the offense at times, the defense we've detailed, and the special teams was not up to par. Yet, you still win the football game. Bottom line, again, it shows grit on the part of this, and it shows, once again, that DNA of a Super Bowl champion, which certainly the 49ers, at least I put them in that conversation of a team that should be there and have a shot of walking home with the Lombardi this year. We were talking about Brock Purdy going to the break, and I asked you as he checked all the boxes, and because I hear this from time to time. Yeah. And I hear this from other people who are talking into live microphones in this area and on television with the with the makeup. Yeah. Have you seen enough or what more, they phrase it? What more do you need to see? He's done everything. And my answer to that would be, no, he hasn't. But that's OK. Why do we have this rush to judgment? Why do we have to say, OK, I've seen everything. Let's anoint him. He's the starting quarterback for the next, you know, 10 to 15 years. He's clearly the best quarterback that's going to lead you to a Super Bowl this year. I've seen enough. This is ongoing, all right? There has never been, and I'm not saying he can't buck that trend, but there has never been, and I'm sure you're well aware of this, there has never been a rookie quarterback that has taken a team to a Super Bowl and win it. Roethlisberger got you there. Not, not yet. Not this yet. could be the year. But again... This is an ongoing process with Brock Purdy. And you can't say, and we don't have to say, he's arrived, he's checked all the boxes, I don't need to see anymore. Yeah, you do. Because every game is another experience, and Brock Purdy would be the first to tell you as much. Well, that's why when you ask me, yeah, is he, has he checked every box for you? No, but that, that doesn't, that's not an indictment on him. He, he literally cannot check every single box because he's played five games. He's a rookie quarterback. From the 605 Xfinity Mobile text line. This is a box that he did check, I thought. He said one more box to check for Purdy would be a two-minute drill in the fourth quarter to set up a game-winning drive or comeback. Well, he did do that yesterday. In fact, he did it twice. He had two game-winning drives. He had the drive before the two-minute warning that was capped off by a Jordan Mason touchdown. I know he didn't throw for the touchdown, but he led that drive. And then after the Raiders come back and tie the game with 111, he goes, Ayuk four times down the field. One of which was a little bit of a prayer. And he sets up a game-winning field goal. I know that technically doesn't result in a game-winning drive, but he got you to the precipice. He got you right there to where Robbie Gold had to make a 43-yarder and unfortunately missed. You went in overtime, so maybe you don't you, you don't notice it as much. But Brock Purdy did lead the 49ers twice in drives where they needed points. And again, this this is if if you're looking for, you know, solace, if you're looking for some reason to to feel even more confident in Purdy, 
is for the first time yesterday, they were there were gotta have it drives. You're down ten in the second half. You need points. There were drives, and after even the Raiders go up by ten, he leads you down with the help of Christian McCaffrey. They score seven. They bring it back to within three. That was a response. I know that's not a game-winning drive, but then he does it later, too. In the second half, Brock Purdy was the quarterback that you needed to bring you back. And and I'll, I'll push back, Dan. I, I disagree. I don't think the offense was bad yesterday. The offense put up 37 points for the second straight game. The offense was good yesterday. The offense, in fact, was so good that we're talking about what the defense didn't do because the offense bailed you out. Brock Purdy, in a lot of situations, he may have gotten bailed out, but as a team, that offense bailed you out. Brock Purdy has not checked, he's not checked off every single box yet because he hasn't played in the playoffs. Who knows if that's going to bring the best or the worst out of him? We see it all the time with quarterbacks. Happened to Dak Prescott his rookie season. Takes over for Tony Romo. Dallas goes on a roll. Come playoff time. Boom. Train stops. Okay, maybe the Brock Purdy train will stop. Who knows? But that is the, that's what we're talking about. We mean, like, I can't check off every single box for him because he's eventually going to face a situation that he hasn't seen before via the fact it is five games into his professional career. I know he played 40-plus games in college. That's not the same. That does not apply to the National Football League. Brock Purdy is on a as good of path as any rookie quarterback has ever been especially in when you talk about San Francisco 49ers rookie quarterbacks. He's on a great trajectory. He's on a path to lead this team to the playoffs. He's on a path to where I envision this team being in the NFC title game. But let's not say we've seen everything from the kid when we haven't. Yeah, it's still ongoing with this young man. By the way, don't ever push back on me because I'm your biggest fan. I know. I help out your career, so no pushback with Dan I love you, Dan. <laughs> Which is why I no, gotta let you point. know the truth. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I guess what I meant to say offensively is maybe him, Brock Purdy, there were times where he's played better, but offensively, yeah. you're right. Okay, I'm you're with right. you there. This is a team that was, look, you score more than 35 points in a game, and your offense is on, on point, and you should win the football game. You know, Ev... For those in the afternoon that aren't familiar with me, I, I'm, a, I'm a Jimmy Garoppolo guy. Let me just get out in front of that, all right? Uh-oh. And I found myself defending this guy more than anything else. And I understand his limitations. So, and maybe I speak for a lot of people, maybe I don't. When I saw Brock Purdy, and I'm familiar with Brock Purdy and his collegiate prowess and what he did in four years, and of course, during the summer and beating out Sudfeld and getting an opportunity to be the backup, and then he gets a chance to start for the 49ers. What I saw in this guy was a backup quarterback. I saw a diminutive, what is he, six feet, six one? I'll be honest with you. I like my quarterbacks taller than that. I like quarterbacks six three, six four. I like them to look like an astronaut, like somebody I want to vote for, and I like quarterbacks to have a strong arm. I like quarterbacks that can fit it in that tight window, that got that conventional release thrown over the top of the year, man. I like my quarterbacks to look like that of Tom Brady. I like quarterbacks to be the conventional QB. And when I looked at this dude, I saw a backup. I saw a small guy with, for lack of a better term, a weak arm and limited athleticism. Again, yeah. I don't know if I speak for everybody, but that was my outlook. Now, what's happened to me since, and I was slow to sort of see... What everyone else is you saying. You're drinking the Kool-Aid. Right. Is that what jumps out at me is I still think those things hold true. But for a guy that has taken a while to warm to Brock Purdy, the one thing that jumps out at me more than anything else is poise. I cannot 
clap back. There's nothing I can say in a negative sense about this guy when it, when you talk about the calming factor. And that's that's real, okay? That's not something you can teach. When, when I see young quarterbacks getting an opportunity in this league, at some point they get wide-eyed, happy feet, and you have no idea where the hell the ball's going. That's few and far between with this guy. This guy, for whatever reason, and the reason be could be the four years or he's just beyond his years, but perfect, perfect case in point. There's a blitz. By the way, the Raiders brought everything. I think they blitzed on... 12 of 31 back passes yesterday for Brock Purdy. They they were going after him. And he just calmly, with a guy coming right at him, dumps the ball to Christian McCaffrey on a screen that helped them get into the end zone for that go-ahead touchdown. That screen pass went for like 25, 30 yards. And he did that with a level of regularity where he just has a sense of, I'm okay. And that more than anything else... You know, you can talk about his his ability to throw and read guys and shallow crosses. That, to me, is what jumps out at a guy who was a skeptic about Brock Purdy. Yeah, Brock Purdy is showing himself to be a mentally tough quarterback. And that is something that you cannot teach, but is something that is necessary to being a successful starting quarterback. And I think that's what gives people the confidence to text in or call in and, and ask the question, you know, what is Brock Purdy going to be in the future? Is he going to be the starting quarterback for this team? How long is his career going to be? Has he established himself yet as a as a starting quarterback in the NFL? Well, well, he has this year. Now, I do think some of those physical limitations that gave you pause when he had to impromptively come in for Jimmy Garoppolo five weeks ago, those physical tools still give me pause too, Dan. But... What he makes up for with his physical traits is is the gumption, is the, is the guts that apparently Jimmy Garoppolo easy easy may not have had because we see and th- this is where I do think you're ta- if you're talking about poise this is where we see it when the pressure starts to to bear down on Jimmy Garoppolo more often than not we start to see him get happy feet I mean. I, I hate to throw out his, his darkest moment in the Super Bowl. You see him throw his eyes closed. Like You see those plays from Jimmy Garoppolo compared to, so far, what we've seen from Brock Purdy, which is guy bearing down. He's about to get sacked. Brock Purdy lets it rip over the middle. He's not afraid to take the hit. And that is something that you I, you can't teach. You have to be willing to invite contact when you play the quarterback position to stand either in the pocket or out of the pocket and allow for the last possible second for either a guy to get open or for you to see a window to deliver that football. And I question sometimes if he can fit it in those windows. But combined with the fact that also he knows he's got the ultimate safety net in Christian McCaffrey to be able to dump it off to and Christian can go get 10, 15 yards at a time, that is makes for a very dangerous young quarterback who, quite frankly, we're talking about checking boxes. He doesn't know any better. Okay, so that's why we're talking about checking boxes because he has not seen these situations, and so far, the moment has not proven to be too big for him. Now, it's Las Vegas. Their season is now over. But on the road, now not once, but twice, because he did it at Seattle too, he has helped you win a road game that has been important in your overall hopes at getting and improving your playoff position. 
Okay, so he helped you win the division against Seattle. That was a big game. He helped you win on the road against Las Vegas. That's gets you the two seed. Next week, I also think Brock Purdy will approach it the same way, which is no matter how good or how bad the Arizona Cardinals are or aren't, we are going to play our game, and our game will eventually offensively be better or good enough to win us the football game. Now, it doesn't matter if the defense has a bad day or not because we can put up 35, and it seems like the 49ers are able to do that with more regularity with Brock Purdy than with any other quarterback we've seen recently. The 510 on the text line. Devon is a staunch Jimmy guy. That's true and a merciless trade critic. That might be true as well. For him to give Purdy such uh, praise is notable. I do want to talk about that. By the way, you like the way the only text I read is when they mention my name. It's the only way you get on the air here. <laughs> but what you're talking about, it's interesting. Because, yeah, I do go after Trey Lance and his accuracy or the lack thereof. If you were to ask me, Ev, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be the quarterback of this team a month ago? I'd say yes. And I know that was contrary to popular sort of thinking. But there was no doubt in my mind, Jimmy Garoppolo was coming back to this 49 I thought he was going to be on the roster. There is no doubt in my mind they were going to give him the 25 to $30 million and Trey Lance was going to be the backup, okay? Ooh. Yeah, well, you can't, if he's coming back, you got to pay him. And if you're going to pay him, you're not going to have Trey Lance beat him out. You're not going to have a guy worth 25 or $30 million okay. right. and be the backup. Yeah, so, I got you. With that being said, I never thought that Jimmy Garoppolo would ever, ever entertain him being on another team. Now I do. He's not coming back. And you want to know why? It's because of Brock Purdy. And he mentioned Trey Lance. I'm talking about the texter. The one thing that Trey Lance never provided Kyle Shanahan was a sense of security. Was a sense of, you know what? I got this. There was always the good day in practice. And then there was the day we would hear about where he was all over the place and missing guys. Yeah. There was always the lack of, I have got this. I'm on target the entire week, the entire month. And I, I feel as though Kyle Shannon, maybe that security would have come, but he never had it with Trey Lance, which is one of the reasons why he ran him as much as he threw the football when he had an opportunity to play him. With Brock Purdy, you can clearly see that he has that sense of, I can, I can put anything, any tools in the bag. This guy is going to execute it. He's still growing, but for the first time in Jimmy Garoppolo's tenure with Kyle Shannon and the 49ers, he's now expendable. And he will be with the New York Jets and Mr. Sala next year. There's a conversation for another time. But for the first time, I can tell you that he's out the door because of the security now that has been provided by that of Brock Purdy to one Kyle Shannon. And that security also makes you feel comfortable with Jimmy Garoppolo leaving. Even, I should say, for Jimmy fans. I know I know there are a lot of Jimmy detractors who wanted him out the door last year. But you feel now, going into next season, like you have two starting quarterbacks. There was one that was QB1 at the beginning of this year. We can have the discussion whether or not he should have been because Jimmy Garoppolo looked better when he took over. But Brock Purdy now taking over for Jimmy Garoppolo, has proven he has a place at the table. Draft position, be damn next year. Brock Purdy and Trey Lance will have some sort of competition to see who the quarterback is. That does not involve Jimmy Garoppolo. It does not involve, I think, Tom Brady. It does not involve maybe Aaron Rodgers. It does not involve an outside quarterback or a free agent, a trade target. Whereas before, a month ago, I was with you. I was thinking... Well, now, what's the future of the position going to be in San Francisco at quarterback? I do think we have a much clearer picture of what it is going to be now than we did a month ago. And that picture automatically puts Brock Purdy and Trey Lance 
at one and two, the position TBD. And I think that from a financial standpoint, because you're dealing with a salary cap, you got two guys under their rookie deals, so it makes sense. Let me just qualify that, Ev. I'm not saying it's necessarily the right decision, but I can understand. I get it. I get what they're going. I'm not saying because you have to recognize if it's Trey Lance and or Brock Purdy, there's still a high, high level of uncertainty. And maybe because it's Shanahan and he's pulling the strings and because it's his offense, it's unique to that of the 49ers that they can take that risk. I'm not necessarily that I agree with it. I'm still a Jimmy Garoppolo guy, but it makes a lot more sense now than it did, say, a month ago or just a couple of weeks ago. What? Yeah. Joe's hanging out in San Jose. Go ahead. What did you want to say? I, I was just going to say, what do you do when life gives you lemons, Dan? There you go. Joe, San Jose. Let's talk about the 49ers. Thank What's you, up, Joe? Thank you for taking my call. No, thank you for taking my call. Uh, listen, uh, when I see uh, uh, Purdy, I see Steph Curry 10 years ago. He has that leadership quality, that calmness, that that just uh, and that strength that that that, uh, that shows that even though he's undersized as with Curry, um, he, he he has that leadership quality that makes other players better. And since he's taking over, I think he's going to the Super Bowl, and I think he's going to win it, and it's going to surprise a hell of a lot of a lot of people. Yeah, I would agree with you that he's a quiet leader, but in terms of skill and athleticism, the buck stops there. I would also agree that would surprise a hell of a lot of people if he goes out and wins the Super Bowl. Uh, okay, can, and, is and, it? Are you going to be the? Because I think if the they level win the Super Bowl, the 49ers with Brock Purdy, I think that's being that. I think the surprise is being sort of ratcheted down with every passing game. I agree with that, but I do think it will be a surprise because I mean, okay, let's just go through it. The Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cincinnati Bengals. Those three teams come out of the AFC. Are the 49ers overwhelming favorites against any no, of those three? No, but I'm not but they can beat any of those three. Clearly to me they can beat any one of those three because of their defense. And the defense we saw yesterday, to me that's the outlier. I'm not buying trends that uh-oh, the defense all of a sudden forgot how to play. Watch out, the playoffs are looming. No. The defense is still the best in the NFL. And when you have a defense, it travels, man. And when you have a defense, it'll keep you in games. And that's all you need. If you're in a game and you got a guy that can manage the game and play like Brock Purdy's playing, you sure as hell can beat any of those three teams. Yes, but I do think all three of those quarterbacks, outside of maybe Josh Allen, no doubt, have more, well, certainly more playoff experience, but more to go off of when it comes to who do you trust in a close game. And against any of those three teams, I would expect it to be a close game. I'm not overlooking Philadelphia, by the way. I'm just saying... I think that if San Francisco, to me, they should be in the NFC title game. Anything less than that would be a disappointment. And anything beyond that is gravy. Like, if you get to the Super Bowl, this was a team that has lost two starting quarterbacks. This is a team that before the season was hoping with a brand new rookie could just get into the playoffs. This was a team that was three and four that had to in many people's opinion, go out and say F them picks to get Christian McCaffrey. That has rewritten the story of their season. Now to the point where they're 12-4, and four, they won nine in a row. And to the point where, Dan, we're asking them essentially to win 14 games in a row to win the Super Bowl. That would be something special. That to me means that if they get beaten by a team that I believe is better than them, maybe not the roster, but the, at the quarterback position, 
Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, even Hurts might put Philadelphia over the top as far as a total team. San Francisco, to me, is in the final four. But if they win it all, you won't be surprised. No, no way in hell. And as much as I love you, now I got to steal your phrase because you know I want to act like the young dude at the club. Okay. Let me push back Let's on go you. To Silver Cloud. Let me push back on you. Where is that? North Beach? Yeah. All right. See, well, maybe I still. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, Marina, but yeah. If you, oh, yeah, down on Lombard, right? I believe. Yes. Okay. So if you see me at Silver Cloud with, you know, my shirt unbuttoned and I'm rocking the gold medallion, just tackle no. me. Some, put Clip me in the on time. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I completely have to disagree with you. Expectations change. My man, this is the team that I would say Vegas would even agree is the favorite to come out of the NFC. If you're the favorite to get out of the NFC and go to a Super Bowl, you sure as hell can win that Super Bowl. I think expectations can change throughout the course of a season. When you were 3-4, and four, and I would say, Ashkey, would you be surprised if they were to win a Super Bowl? Yeah, maybe. The majority of the room would say I'd be surprised. But now... Anything short of a Lombardi, to me, is a disappointment. You better get to that Super Bowl and win it. We've seen you get there and fall short. You get there again, walk home with that damn trophy. Or don't go home at all. That's a bit strong. Sure. But, but, but the point stands. You think that San Francisco is the best team left in the National Football League right no, now? I think they're the best team in the NFC. So if you get to a Super Bowl, I think that the... The margin of error, the difference between whoever comes out of the AFC, if it's Burrow continues on this torrid streak, Mm -hmm. or if it's Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes, they could be slight favorites. You sure as hell have an opportunity winning that game. I don't care who the opponent is, again, because of your defense. And if you have a chance of winning that game, meaning the spread's going to be one and a half, two points, am I going to be surprised? This isn't the Jets of 67 or whatever that was, where you're the clear underdog to that of the, the Colts or some clear underdog. This is that, that to me is what provokes the surprise conversation. This 49er team, if you win nine consecutive games in the NFL, to say that you're going to go on and win a Super Bowl should not be a surprise to anyone. But like you said before the last break, if Brock Purdy would be the first ever rookie to win a Super Bowl, that would be rewriting history. That would be something that has not happened before. That would be unexpected. So to me, I see what you're saying. The 49ers are playing the best football of any team in the football in the National Football League right now. Even though they had a clump, clunker yesterday, maybe on defense, you can look around and say, well, but the Eagles lost. And Dallas didn't look good on, on Thursday night. You know, Kansas City almost got beat by Denver. Uh, Buffalo and Cincinnati played tonight. But, you know, Jacksonville, who knows what they're... But Baltimore lost last night. Like, there are teams that had clunkers around the league. Minnesota got throttled by Green Bay. There are teams that have played clunkers in these situations. The 49ers won that game. I see what you're saying. I can't go that far. All right. When we continue, my question is, can you, you being the fan base out there, you and 95-7, the game nation, do you see the 49ers? Forget about the NFC Championship game. Yeah, obviously you got to do that. But can this team win a Super Bowl? Uh, Let's not... To steal from our man Guru, put that damn rat on the table. I'm not talking about getting there, winning an FC championship. Win the thing. Can you win the thing? I don't want to hear anything else, but yes, they can win it or no, they can't. Your reasons why, we see on the text line as well. Uh, 
I think it's real important. I mean, our first goal is to get in the playoffs, call it the tournament, and once you get there, you always have a chance for your ultimate goal. And everything about once you do get there is positioning yourself the best way you can. And, you know, we don't know until we come in, but them just telling us, you know, tell the, the team that right now that we have the two seed if we can take care of business. I know that fires the guys up. And, you know, I think with Philly losing, it sounds like we got a chance with the other one too. So our playoffs have started a long time ago is the way we look at it, and we're going to keep it going. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Evan Giddings and Dan Devone in for Steiny and Guru. That was Kyle Shanahan after the win yesterday. And I think that if you're thinking about resting any players, Kyle Shanahan just pretty much answered that for you. you got to get the number two seat. And this is an Arizona team that packed it in weeks ago. It's a mess out there. you got no Kyler Murray. Cliff Kingsbury's in the hot seat. They're imploding. They're right up there with Denver and teams that are a complete mess. So the way I see this going down, Ev, is that you race out to that big lead and then everybody sits in that second half. The Arizona Cardinals are chum. They're, 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 they're chum right now. <laughs> they are fish bait in the water. Is that a Jaws reference? Ready to get absolutely annihilated if, of course, you can do it quickly, you do it early. That's, that's to me, the, the perfect avenue for Kyle Shanahan to rest his guys. is, And I think what he wanted to do this weekend, honestly, is give, give McCaffrey the ball 14 times in the first half, go up 20, 20-some 20 points, and then cruise. I mean, that that's the goal against Arizona, and especially a team that has nothing to play for. They, they're, look, they're, we're talking about Glendale. The 49ers are trying to plant their Super Bowl trip Plan their Super Bowl trip to Glendale in, in early February. Arizona Cardinals are trying to plan a trip to wherever in Mexico, somewhere in, in France. I don't know if they can afford it, but you know, somewhere around the country that they can go in February because they know they're not playing at that point. France, that's pretty random. I think the one guy... That's where I'd go. The one guy that I think, just to your point, played McCaffrey a half, that's the one guy that I think that we. it's been proven that Jordan Mason can take his carries against Arizona. That's the one guy I would rest. Or maybe given some limited action so that he doesn't go into the playoffs with any sort of level of rust. But Debo's coming back. Debo sure as hell's got to play. Debo's got to get back into, you know, NFL game shape. Yeah. And then you got to keep that train going down the track, meaning keeping the momentum, let Purdy get some reps, like Kittle touch the ball, everybody sweat and hit some people. So it's a tune-up game for that first playoff contest. The one guy that I would say I don't, because you're too vital to the postseason, and I've been saying this all along, but certainly for this game, if there's one guy that either plays limited action or if he doesn't play at all, I'm fine with him. That, again, is Christian McCaffrey. Let's get out to San Francisco. Joe's hanging out through the break, wants to talk about the 49ers and their defense or the lag thereof. What's up, Joe? Hello, Dan. Oh, it's that Joe. So, so, Joe, let me cut so you off. Wet. Joe, hold on. I'm having a hard time recognizing people in the afternoon because... <laughs> You know, they don't let me play this time of the day. He's so, nocturnal. So thankfully, Joe, who makes me marinara sauce, also swims in the bay. But first of all, doesn't let me smell and or see this amazing marinara sauce because the guy is apparently a ridiculous cook. He just teases me with it. But he's back in the so, fold. And Joe, I'm so glad to have you on board. What's up, my man? So instead of marinara this uh, holiday season, I made uh, bolognese. So you, city of Bo- city of Bologna, Italy, has an official bolognese. Took me about seven hours to make. It was delicious. So I'm officially 95.7's the game's official chef. I just want to let you know. But when it comes to football, Dan, yeah, I gotta I gotta set you straight. Go ahead. If the reason if the re, if the 49ers do not win in the playoffs or the Super Bowl, 
It is not going to be because the offense gets shut down. It's not going to be because Purdy throws two or three Ono picks. It's because the defense is going to get shredded. It'll get shredded deep, and uh, it's going to be back-breaking. Let me give you a, a couple patterns. First game of the season, where Dante Pettis broke open, wide open, you know, catch the pass. Hufunga cheated, tried to cheat up, got a big pass. But go throughout the year. Heineke throws deep on him. Brady throws deep. It was called it was called back on a play on a penalty. Uh, Mahomes shredded the Niners. Uh, Stitham uh, ripped them deep. They they have shown weakness deep down the field, and I think a skilled quarterback, an experienced receiver, is going to suck uh, Hufang into cheating, and they're going to get deep bit. And even Tua rip with uh, Tyree Kill. You're going to be playing uh, playoff quarterbacks and wide receivers, and that is, if they lose, that is how they're going to do it. Because if Bosa doesn't need to get home, they'll get ripped deep. Joe, appreciate it, and it's a good observation. I, I get where he's going with that because it's we've seen it littered throughout the season. There's been some miscommunication and some breakdowns, but I think that there's more nuance to that. I think that the San Francisco 49ers, you get into a playoff game, and a lot of this is down in distance where you get in predictable passing situations because you can't run against this 49er team. Let's can we can we admit that? that well, this, the Raiders could. The Raiders and Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is I think he's leading the NFL in rushing. Yeah, Josh Jacobs is fantastic. But I don't think that that's indicative of this team going forward. I can't go there. I'm sorry. I still think that this is the best defense against the run. And if you can't run against me, and it's third and long, and it becomes predictable passing situations, and I can go nickel back, I, I, a lot of this is just predicated on, on momentum and getting that dominant energy back. And listen, are they perfect? No. Have there been breakdowns? Yes. I would agree with you that there has been, if there is a wart, if you will, on this team defensively, there are some communication breakdowns in that. When I say the secondary, specifically, I'm talking about the safeties. And Talano Hufunga, we have to keep in mind, he's just in his second year. And this dude plays with his hair on fire and he's a risk taker. We love it. And just like anybody who takes risk, you can get beat. Diamond Lenore, if there is a weak spot or a weak player... It might be him. That might be blood in the water there when you're thinking about Tom Brady and company. But again, that to me, when you're looking at this defense collectively, you're you're nitpicking here because this defense is dominant in just about every phase, and I think it starts up front, which can alleviate a lot of that pressure with a back seven. No, I'm with you. It, it comes down to their line play. I mean, I know their strength lies in the linebacking core. That's maybe their most consistent group probably due to the amount of injuries that the D-line has sustained. But that's where the games are won and lost. Because if you're talking about getting beat deep, what do you need to create a deep threat? You need time. Okay, so if you don't have time, then you can't get beat deep. And I do think that's why Talanoa Hufanga cheats a little more than he probably should. is because he's used to not having to cover for as much time as he does. Also, look... Hufanga now, I think we mentioned this, but he's been beat now six times in cup, in pass coverage for touchdowns. But an explosive player two down the field is something that the Niners' defense has overcome against the Chargers right after the bye week. First drive, 30-plus yard touchdown from Herbert. They didn't score the rest of that half. I'm looking at 
The Miami, the Miami Dolphins, first play of the game, 75-yard touchdown. They scored 10 more points the rest of that game. You know, Tampa Bay had one explosive passing, but they scored seven points. The difference was Las Vegas was allowed to pound the rock. They ran the ball effectively enough so that they could sustain drives. So that they weren't, I think they only had two, three and outs yesterday. And this is a 49ers defense that generally gets teams off the field at a great clip on third down. The Raiders were putting together plays, yes, with Devontae Adams, but running the ball with Josh Jacobs, running the ball with Bolden, running the ball with Stidham. They were using different weapons. Hunter Renfro was getting loose in the secondary. There wasn't as much time, or there was too much time, I should say, for this secondary to have to cover. And I do think if we were seeing maybe a weakness, a crack in this defense's armor, it's the fact that they are not as good and in pass coverage outside of Charvarius Ward as we thought. And if you're asking them to cover for four or five seconds, that's going to be difficult for any team to do. But for the 49ers, a team that likes to hit, that likes to swarm, they do not cover as well as they have been purported to cover, I think. By the way, just a, a sidebar, I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out Jared Stidham. I know we've talked about his play, but specifically. And Raider fans, again, man, I'm opening the door for you guys to come in and bark. I don't do that very often, but Raider fans, you are welcome because that was a hell of a performance. But specifically, that one play where he got, you mentioned, we talked about Talano Hufunga. When Hufunga came up and committed and smacked him as he threw the ball, he was rolling left, and he hits Devontae Adams on that 65-70 yard touchdown pass. That was about as good of a throw. Because to me, the barometer, the measuring stick, you can throw a pass when you have time. Just about any quarterback can do that and fit it into tight windows. It's what are you at when you're under pressure running for your life? And he off-balanced through a dime, a dart to Devontae Adams while taking a shot. Jared Stidham, Mike. The other thing is with New England quarterbacks, New England Patriot quarterbacks, what is it with these guys? Do they recruit out of the Macy's catalog? Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, and now this Jared Stidham guy. I mean, you got to be a, a male model slash quarterback in order to play football for Belichick and the New England Patriots. I digress, but a hell of a game by that. Because not only did he make passes throughout the entire day and keeping the 49ers on their heels, but he did that in the face of pressure. I can't tell you how many times he did it extending players and or taking a shot as he delivered the ball. And that's the other thing. He takes shots. Now, again, defenses or offenses are designed differently. And when you're talking about Josh McDaniels, there are a lot of go routes, right? There are a lot of skinny posts. There's a lot of throw the ball down the field. And that's what happened. When you take shots and you have a player like Devontae Adams, just like it, let him make a play. And that's exactly what he did. One of the greatest catches I've seen all year long when he beats Diamond Lenore in that dive. And then the pass interference penalty against on that ensuing on that same drive. Yeah, against Warner. Yeah. Against Warner. That's the result of you taking a shot. The fact that, you know what? It's a seam route. I'm going down the field to Adams. I know he's blanketed, but maybe a good thing can come out of this. And sure enough, there you go, a PI, and you start things at the one, and then you get into the end zone. If there's one knock I have on Kyle Shannon, we saw this with Jimmy Garoppolo, is that you don't see that very often. And listen, who are we to argue with what has worked for this team, but occasionally, and maybe it's there, and Purdy's not comfortable to go there yet, but you like to see him just just go ahead and let it rip. Because oftentimes the worst thing that can happen is you get the PI or you get the flag. 
Yeah, no, you put the ball in the air, good things can happen if you have the better receiver. And what Jared Siddham did yesterday against the number one defense in the NFL, most importantly, Jared Siddham made himself a lot of money. He made himself a lot of money, not as a starting quarterback, although we've seen contracts be handed out after one game. Uh, you should know this. Matt Flynn in Seattle played one good game for the Green Bay Packers. Five touchdowns on a Monday night. On the last regular season game in a meaningless game, he went out and threw five touchdowns, got himself a three-year deal, never saw the field because Russell Wilson was there. Jared Stidham made himself a lot of money yesterday, even if the 365, the 40 on the ground, the three touchdowns may not be something he could repeat week in and week out. All right, let's get back out to the phone lines. Connor's hanging out in L.A. What's up, Connor? Are you down to the Southland? What's up, my man? Nothing much. How's it going today? Good. What's up? What's up, Con? What up, Ev? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to tune in and talk to you all about, honestly, the value that Kyle Shanahan brings to a team. Um, I think, and honestly, a long-time Raiders fan here, but for some of and a lot of the backlash that he gets for some play call decisions, I think if you take Kyle Shanahan and you place him with almost, well, a ton of other teams, like take for the Raiders this year, great offensive weapons, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller hurt for most of the year. But if you throw him on an underperforming team, I think that team could turn around and definitely have a winning season. And I definitely wanted to hear more of your thoughts around this. Yeah, and just to take that a step further, Connor, is that... That's a great call. If Is this a buddy of yours? Is that where we're blowing him up? Yeah, a little bit. So Josh, Josh Johnson, is that the backup that's been in this league since the 1940s? Yeah, Josh Johnson. I'd be really curious to see how Josh Johnson would do as a starting quarterback with this team should Brock Purdy go down. I, I bet, just get the feeling like you could get in there and, and win five games. I bet it wouldn't look as bad as he thought. I mean, Josh Johnson, he may not throw five touchdowns in a game, but it seems like if you put any quarterback in a Kyle Shanahan system, he's going to get the most out of them. I mean, that, that's what we've learned. It's like, okay... You look at Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo on paper. Before last week, their statistics were nearly identical. I mean, 210 a game through the air, 100 to 110 quarterback rating, you know, 65 to 70% completion, not hurting you, a, a two to one turnover, touchdown to turnover ratio. Like, that's what Kyle Shanahan gives you. He gives you the floor of a quarterback that can win a football game. And then it's on the quarterback as we've seen with Brock Purdy, and what the extra value they add on top of it. That's what takes this offense to the next level, in my opinion, is that Brock Purdy, even if statistically he is the same as Jimmy Garoppolo, brings a completely different skill set to the table and the fact that he can move, the fact that he can stand in the pocket, the fact that he knows where to go with the football in a way that apparently Jimmy Garoppolo did not. But what Kyle Shanahan, and to, to Connor's point, I think what he's saying is that if you put Kyle Shanahan in a bad situation with a three-win team, he is more likely to get six wins out of that team than most head coaches. And we saw it a couple of years ago in 2020 when Nick Bosa goes down, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down, George Kitt. Like, there were guys out and you're relying on C.J. Beathard and all these different quarterbacks, and he still wins you six games. I know that's not a playoff season. I know that's not something that's seen as a shining light on his resume. But for any other head coach in that same spot... That might be a two-win football team. And I think that's what he's trying to say is that Kyle Shanahan maximizes the situation unlike a Josh McDaniels, unlike 
a Nathaniel Hackett, un- unlike even some of the head coaches that we're seeing around the league that have been in the league. Kyle Shanahan, to me, if you're starting a franchise and we're looking at head coaches that you'd want, he's on a very short list. Well, now he is. When they were three and four, everybody wanted to run his ass out of town. So, well, some people did. You know, I'm really quick. The text line, the five went, oh, I'm sorry. I just got to go back to this because this is exactly what was ruminating through my head. Uh, dude, Bolognese, or Bo- I-, I don't know how he said it, but Bolognese. Bolognese. It's, it's pronounced Bolognese, but my man Bolognese. Joe was mispronouncing it as much as I love Joe, but I was like, <laughs> it is Bolognese, but I don't know exactly what Joe was. Well, he's got the best Bolognese sauce in San Francisco, apparently. There you go. Yeah, you know, just getting back to, to Kyle Shanahan, he, he, he is really remarkable, and I think that Brock Purdy, another reason why this is such a perfect fit going forward, and I would never say this about Trey Lance, and I always felt that Jimmy Garoppolo's door was ajar to be the starting quarterback if Trey Lance was the other option, is that Brock Purdy not only gives him a sense of security that he never had, but also, not only is he on the cheap, but it's the perfect, perfect quarterback for that of Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan is an egomaniac. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But he wants to pull the strings. He doesn't want to hear about letting somebody cook or letting Jimmy Garrett open up the playbook like he did for him back in 2017. No, Shanahan wants a puppet. I'll pull the strings. There's a reason why he liked Matt Schaub. There's a reason why he liked Kirk Cousins. Guys who weren't in the forefront or necessarily quote-unquote stars. It's that you want the guys that are going to execute your game plan. You don't need the extracurricular stuff, which is, again, why Brock Purdy, I think, is going to be your starting quarterback for years to come. For years to come. Well, yeah. Yeah, who's your other option? Trey Lance? This is going to be your quarterback. Do I agree with it? Wow. Do I agree with it? No. I'll tell you that there's a high level of risk, and and I'm not here to shake things up. I'm still a Jimmy Garoppolo proponent. You give me an either-or, Jimmy Garoppolo healthy, Brock Purdy healthy, who do I want going forward? Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, that's not to stir the pot. Nope. That's just sort of where I've been from the outset. No, no, no. Let's get out to Mark, hanging out in San Francisco. What's up, Mark? What's on your mind, buddy? Uh, yeah, basically, uh, my only concern I have is on defense, accounting for these mobile quarterbacks that are getting these runs. Nobody's really uh, taking account for the quarterback sometimes, and there's a, lo- a lot of yards that they can gain because they're such an open field. Thanks, Mark. Okay. No, there you go. Look, th- and that's that's the million-dollar question, right? I mean, that's been the one question that D'Amico Ryans throughout his, his time, and, and really the 49ers' defense going back a few years, has not been able to solve. That's also the question that the entire league has been trying to solve, right? How do you stop a quarterback that can improvise that forces you to take an extra man on defense and attach it to the quarterback? Because that, that's always that's always the advantage, right? Is that the defense has one extra man because the quarterback is not, you don't have to account for him. Okay, so if you do have to account for the quarterback, how do you stop him? Well, you need pressure with four. And that's something that I do believe Nick Bosa is up to the task of. By four, I mean four defensive linemen, no blitzing. Nick Bosa can get to the quarterback with regularity. Can the other three for the 49ers do it? If we're looking at teams that have beaten Patrick Mahomes, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Cincinnati Bengals last year, those teams got pressure on Mahomes without having to compromise the back end of their defense, without having to bring that often extra blitzers. I believe the 49ers can do it at times. I question if they can do it for four quarters. And I question if they can do it when they need to. Because, again, if we're talking about a team 
that hasn't played in close situations, that hasn't played when a game's on the line. We're talking about checking boxes for Brock Purdy. That's also a situation the defense hasn't necessarily been in a lot. And yesterday, we saw Brock Purdy be able to go down twice and give you a chance to win a football game. But that's also because his defense couldn't get a stop against Jared Stidham and Devontae Adams. So, if you're asking me, how do you stop a mobile quarterback? I'm telling you that you need constant pressure without compromising the back line of your defense. But I also wonder if this 49ers team, and this is why I hesitate to put them in the historic category, I question if they can do that consistently enough to beat the Jalen Hurts, the Patrick Mahomes, the Joe Burrows, and the Josh Allens of the world. That is what they need to answer if you're talking about checking boxes. Yeah, we got to forget about the conversation. As much as fun as I'm having, it's all tongue-in-cheek comparing them to Sarah Goose and the 2000 Ray Lewis Ravens as well as at the 85 Look, Those Chicago guys got Bears. to every quarterback. Well, and listen, the body, we're still... We're not. We're three quarters through this thing. Let's just wait, all right? Let's just wait until the end of the season, and then let's all have a cocktail and spend another month before we sort of rank where they are historically. Getting way ahead of ourselves. Couple of callers, really quick before we get to the break. Give me Soma hanging out in San Francisco. Wants to get in on the Niners. What's up, Soma? Sonia, who? What's the name, Craig? Sonia. Sonia. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Sonia. Hi, it's Dan. a pleasure meeting you, Sonia. See, again, this is very new to me in the afternoon. Sonia, how are you this afternoon? <laughs> I'm good. Happy New Year. Come join me in the evening with the rest of the ghouls. All right. Sounds good. I just had a quick uh, scenario. I was wondering, what do you think of uh, Tom Brady coming? I know he's at the end of his career, probably one or two years left. But it would be great exposure for uh, Brock and um, maybe Trey Lance, I mean, that those last two years, and then maybe, um, you know, they could be first string or second string, depending, but I don't think the Niners are going to put out, would put out a lot of money for uh, Tom Brady, but if he really, really wants to be a Niner like he always has, he's from out here, uh, that would, what do you guys think? Do you think that would be a possibility? I think all those things were sort of on the table until the emergence of Brock Purdy. I don't think... There's no way in hell I think that Tom Brady is coming back to these parts. But it's a legitimate question because a lot of people, I think, will ask themselves that. Uh, Tom I think Brady, Tom Brady would love to come back to these parts. But the question is, if you're the 49ers, why do you want him? Yeah, and then again, you got to get back to the finances and the dollars and cents. you got two guys under rookie deals. If you're going to bring in a veteran, it's not going to be the elk of that of a Tom Brady. It's no, gonna you're not going to bring in a guy to Brady. potentially win the job. You're going to bring in a veteran quarterback that... look. <laughs> It, it it might be you know a career backup. It could be I don't know, Marcus Mariota. It could be I don't know any number name of quarterbacks, but it's not going to be a starter, and especially not one that's got seven rings that is going to demand. I'm sure Tom Brady's not coming here to be the backup. He's not coming here to be the mentor. He's not coming here to be you know the 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 professor that the students can go to extra hours, talk to him about, pick his brain about his career. No, he's coming here to win if Tom Brady is coming to the Bay Area, which is why I think he's not. God, that was just much needed. The soothing tones of Sonia just to sort of bring us down a notch. You know? Yeah, you, you like Sonia. <laughs> I don't go that far. I like to call her, yeah. Shoot your shot, Dan. All right, we continue here. Tavis, hang call out back, Sonia. Call back, uh, Sonia and Tavis, hang out there. Uh, we'll get to your calls. We'll continue with the conversation. I do want to talk about Tom Brady potentially coming to the 49ers or, Raider fans, is he headed to the desert? 